0: I'm Kate Northrup.
1: And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business.
0: Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hello. What's up? Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. It's Mike. And this is Kate, and we are fresh back from a vacation in London. We had the greatest time ever. Mike surprised me for our anniversary with tickets to see Adele. And if you hang out with me on Instagram, you've seen that I've been, and also on Facebook, you've seen that I've been posting a lot about my lessons from the Adele concert and my insights. I found it incredibly inspiring. It was definitely the best concert I've ever seen I started crying the minute she started singing. And I just was so deeply inspired by her talent and just the way she operates in the world. So, anyway, thanks, honey. That was amazing.
1: You're welcome.
0: Best present you've ever given me. You're welcome. Yep, it was awesome. And then we spent five days in London. The
1: best? Really? I've given you some dope presents.
0: No, that was definitely the best. Are you oh, kidding right. me? Okay. You have given me... Just Well, the surprise 30th birthday party was pretty epic as well. That was like a four-day extravaganza where he had people fly in from all over the world... It could be the best. ...to visit me. That was pretty awesome. Okay, let's say those are side-by-side. Anyway, so...
1: And um, then Adele had to cancel her last two shows, so we actually, at this moment, saw the final show...
0: Of this tour. Of this tour. And she... You know, the media is all hyping it up that she's done touring forever. I really do not believe that. She said nothing alluding to that during her show no, she it's just all... said she's hanging up her boots for a while cuz she needs to go live her life otherwise right. she won't have any new material.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's different like this is a good like life lesson for I don't know, us basically. And the reality is like one of the biggest takeaways that Kate's talked about is like Adele just does what she wants to do when it comes to her career and she really does her career in the way Like I just said, she wants to do it. So that's so important I need to say it twice in the same type of two sentences. But the the reality is that's so different than the traditional entertainment world. And I think when the media takes hold of a situation like this, they spin it into what will get clicks and Mm -hmm. make it when they don't really actually know because the majority of folks don't operate that way. And really in the entertainment space that they just get in the entertainment machine and they keep cranking stuff out and out and out. And I understand why that happens. They keep cranking things out and out and out. But it's really something to look more for what Adele has been doing. And this was like her biggest tour of her life. And she'll probably never do something that's this big again. She because
0: 121 shows in 15 months. Yeah, in
1: 15 months. She's basically preparing for this whole tour for 18 months. And for the last 18 months has been on this train and she's most likely won't do something like this big she's done tours before but they weren't this size of what she ended up doing and then where we you went to the concert there was a hundred thousand people there well almost it was approximately 98 99 thousand there 000, had
0: been the night before as well in Wembley and she said yeah. it's the record attendance at Wembley Stadium which is yeah and with amazing.
1: the employees and people working there it was probably close to you know a hundred thousand people if not over And I've never been to a concert that size. Like, that was was massive. It was incredible. She made it feel so
0: intimate. Right, she did. It was so cool. It felt like we were all just hanging out in her living room.
1: So... It was remarkable, like London was a great trip, and so that kind of really leads into what this podcast will be about today.
0: Yeah, so we're talking about lessons that we've learned from being married three years. Our anniversary is tomorrow, July 5th, and this podcast is coming out a week after that. And we just thought it would be fun. We started our podcast on our anniversary. Our very first ever recording was on our second anniversary last year, right?
1: Well, we've been doing the podcast for a year, huh?
0: Well, we've been recording the podcast for a year. It hasn't been public for a year. But yeah, it yeah we've been recording September. it for a year as of tomorrow. Isn't that cool, honey?
1: Yeah, that Happy is cool. Happy
0: podcast anniversary.
1: When did we actually launch the September 15th? I don't remember. I don't know either.
0: But anyway, if you want to go back and Happy listen podcast anniversary. It's our very first podcast episode 1 of the Kate and Mike show was recorded on our second anniversary. So we are coming full circle today recording the day before our third anniversary just talking about lessons that we've learned we are in no way marriage experts we are not giving you advice about how to run your marriage we're just sharing what works for us and what we've learned over the last september
1: three years. 30th oh
0: we launched september 30th okay yep so maybe we'll do a special different kind of podcast anniversary episode when we are for the actual launch date but this yep. is for the recording date so we're, we're going to talk about our lessons. So I'm going to start off with, I wrote down eight lessons. And the first one is, right off the tales of our London trip, how important it is, especially if you have kids to spend time, just the two of you. And Mike and I are pretty great about getting out and getting a babysitter and doing stuff without Penelope. But I have to say a lot of the time it involves other people. And we love other people. We are super social. And community is a huge part of our lives. And that's another one of my lessons. But... This trip, London, was just the two of us. We did end up hanging out with friends a couple of times, but I felt like it was the perfect balance between hanging out just by ourselves without any agenda and then having some social time as well. And all the previous trips we've taken that are just the two of us have either only been one night or they've been for weddings when there were a ton of other people we knew, so we actually never ended up spending time just the two of us. And there's something about an extended period of time just the two of us, especially having a small child that like really helped me sink into our connection and like really more of a romantic vibe as opposed to sort of, I think our life works really well and it's logistically super smooth, but sometimes we can lose that sense of romance and spending a few days just the two of us with no agenda really, for me, helped me sink back into that space of like romantic connection. And I feel really re-energized in that and it's super fun so that's my lesson number one is spend longer periods of time alone and i'd really desire to do that once every six months so hun i'll be I like that. i'll be inviting us to plan our next trip in january
1: great i'm I thinking like
0: maybe like bermuda although i don't think it's that warm in january so maybe not maybe Bermuda,
1: not bermuda. is not it's actually oh. a fake okay. situation maybe, you think it is i learned that at the travel maybe hacking event. Ar- aruba <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe Aruba.
0: Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Or okay. So how about you? What's one of your um, lessons?
1: I like that. I like our spending time more together. I that twice a year. That's what I was thinking too. Okay. Every six months. Yay. To do like a long extended trip, you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. We could do I like mean, because we're doing a staycation in September, right? At the Black Point Inn.
0: We're just doing one night.
1: Right. Were Which are amazing. We're not bringing Penelope. We're not bringing, we're not Penelope. bringing Penelope. I
0: mean, yeah. I love the one-nighters, and we do that periodically. We'll just, like, go book a night at the Westin or something. But it's different. It's not the it's same. It's
1: not the same. Because we are leaving, like, in the afternoon, and then we're coming back in the morning. And because it's really, like, how much do we want to spend on babysitting is really what it comes down to. And Maybe by and September
0: we can get my mom on board to spend
1: the night with Penelope. Well Maybe Tracy's in town. Oh, yeah. Let's touch base with Tracy okay. on well,
0: that Well, we're going to call in the grandmothers. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> But no, I do like that. So I wrote down lessons of being married. Like, my first one is I put best friend. That's what I put. Because I feel like in our relationship, you're my best friend. And I don't know if you feel that way, but at I least, too. yeah. And I'm really happy to have my best friend in life. So I feel that as a really valuable thing in our marriage. That it's like if I have. You know, if anything's really going on in life, you're like the first person that I'll contact about stuff that's going on. Yeah. There's nothing against any of my other friends or any of your friends. Right. But I just feel like that's a connection for me. I think it's pretty important to have as a partner because we spend so much time together and we live together and we have a family together. and We, you know, share our life together.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel like you have my back the most of anybody in the world.
1: Yes. I like that. So that's what I wrote.
0: I love it. So my next one is turn off your phone. I remember a couple years ago, you told me that you felt like you had to compete with my phone for my attention. And I am not saying I am perfect at this by any means, but it's a lesson that I've learned both in my relationship with you and Penelope and really anyone else is that especially at mealtime, but really any other time, like when I'm talking to somebody, look at them put down the phone put it in my bag whatever leave it at home and it just really like the connection is so much stronger because it's hard as much as I logically know that it's better to be with the person I'm with than like pick up my phone there is a real addiction to the dopamine hit of the phone and you know just like crack or just like whatever you know and so just like sugar and so I know for me like I just feel so much more connected and connected is one of my core desired feelings a la the desire map so I feel so much more connected when I sink in when I'm really present and one thing that was really great in London is I didn't have cell service and I didn't do anything about trying to get it I just was, for some reason, Mike, we have the exact same plan. We pay our cell phone bill together. He got a little message that said you can pay 10 bucks a day to be on international cell service when we landed in London. And I did not get that message. So I just decided to go with it and not have cell service. And I really loved the experience of just going around and not having the possibility of texting or doing anything other than when we were in our hotel room. So I just kind of sequestered phone time to like, an hour a day or so and it was great
1: that's great i like it i put communication Mm -hmm. so it's one of mine too oh look at that basically communicating in multiple levels but just and that kind of i have another one that also builds off communication so i won't go specifics about that but just really being open to hearing what the other person has going on in their life, hearing if they just want to talk about something. But just letting, like for Kate and myself, it's just having that open line to understand what's really going on, which I'll just talk, that kind of leads into my other point because it builds off of that, which would be asking for what you really want or telling the other person what or me telling Kate, I should say, the other person what I really need or want at that moment in time, which is hard. You know, Asking for help is a very hard thing for a lot of people to be able to do that, to ask for support or ask for help. And in our marriage, I think the one thing that has made it successful or in our eyes successful and fun, not just like a success determination, but just fun and exciting in itself is the ability to ask for what each other need like we just had our meeting this morning about planning the week planning next week really planning the next couple of months and it's just like you're like okay well i need to go i'm gonna hang out with my girl sarah on this down here in a month or whatever like you're cool with penelope for the weekend yes and then i was just like well i want to go hang out in wisconsin you know, with my buddy. So doing a crazy Sexy trip Sexy
0: Wisconsin.
1: <laughs> Sexy Wisconsin. It's where everybody's <laughs> hanging out these days. And Kate was like, Okay, you know, so there's not a when we desire to do something, it's not that there is a an immediate like no. It's actually opening like, why do you want to do that type of a thing and does it work with our life? You know, so and it creates a balance and I think it's been very healthy for us to have that time away. For each other to like spend time doing things that we desire to do as well. Because just like us getting away the two of us, each of us need our own, you know, time and desires to do the individual thing. So I think with building the communication piece is that we understand each other for what we are. I wouldn't say we understand each other what we need, but we are open to hearing what the other person needs and not... I'd say in the last year we've been all much better at that with like no judgment or just like mm-hmm. speaking our own minds about what we need, so awesome, I don't know if you have anything to build off of that because I know you said you wrote that down too well
0: back on the communication point, two things: one thing that I've been practicing is listening without interrupting, and again, I have a long way to go on that, but that's something I'm aware of that. A lot of the time, I don't know what it is that you're saying, and I think I do, so I interrupt, but it was actually if I had listened all the way through, it would have been a different point than I thought. So listening all the way through without interrupting is number one. And then number two, just in terms of some structure around communication, something that we do is we – now it's moved to Monday mornings, but we do a Monday morning check-in where we go through, which we just did before we started recording, we go through – the week ahead and see... And I know we've talked about this on podcast episodes before, but I'll just repeat it. We take the time, we schedule a two-hour block to record the podcast and do our money date and just like our check-in where we look at the week ahead. Do we need a babysitter? You know, who's picking up Penelope? Whatever. And just kind of like handle the logistics because I think that for us, so often in the past before we did this, A breakdown was about simply something that one person knew about that the other person didn't. And it creates this conflict that was totally unnecessary. And we also, for communication, we have a shared calendar. So one thing that happened recently is that like I put an event on the calendar and because Mike can see my calendar, I just assumed he knew he needed to be there. But now there's like another level to this, which is that if I need Mike to block it off in his calendar. I actually have to invite him to the event so that he knows that that's part of his agenda as well, not just something I'm doing, which seems really obvious. But I had missed that step because I was in my head like we have our own perspectives. And my perspective is I know what's happening in my life and I know what I want Mike to be there for. But he can't read my mind. So the thing about communication is we so often find somebody else wrong for not being able to read our mind. But the truth is, and especially women, I just have to make a call out to the ladies, which is that like a lot of women are cranky and a lot of women are disappointed in the men in their lives. And while, yes, perhaps there's something going on with the men that they need to take responsibility for, the part that we can take responsibility for is asking for what we want. And just like Mike said, you know, getting even more refined at a knowing what it is that we want. And then asking for it in a non-cranky way. Because when you ask for what you want and you're already in the space of being disappointed, nobody wants to give it to you because you're cranky. And it's like Teflon for your desires. Versus if I'm in a state of appreciation for Mike and I'm like, oh my God, Mike, like, thank you so much for taking out the trash. That was so amazing. Would you mind dropping the recycling on the way to drop off Penelope while you're at it? Like, that's a much, I mean, that's maybe, an, an, you know, I don't know that that's a great example, but, like, I'm already in the place of appreciation, and so it's, like, lubed up the desire and the request, and I can be clear for what I want, as opposed to, at the end of the day, being like, my husband never takes out the trash, and he never takes out the recycling, whatever, and, like, you know, this has happened the opposite way, too, that Mike is just better at noticing what needs to be handled than I am. And I feel so blessed about that, honey. Thank you for being that way. It's one of your superpowers. And I just don't notice it as much. But when you ask me to do something, I'm totally happy to do it. But sometimes I literally just don't notice it needs to be done. But rather than getting grumbly about it and being like, what's wrong with my wife? She never like picks up the slack around here. You can just, you know, make a clear ask. So That's with communication, making it easy to get what you want is making a clear ask and not expecting somebody else to read your mind because they're never going to. You'll be far more satisfied in your life if you just ask for what you want rather than waiting for somebody to figure it out because nine times out of 10, they're not going to figure it out. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with your marriage if your husband can't read your mind. Or that your wife can't read your mind. Like, that's just not a thing that happens. So we do these weekly meetings. We look at the week ahead. We check in. We see how each other's doing. We do our money transfers. It's working. And I think we've been getting better and better every year at that.
1: Agreed. Cool. Yeah.
0: And then it also makes it because I really will have a tendency to want to talk about what I want to talk about in the moment. But it's like not a good time for Mike because he's in the middle of something else. So it's helped me get so much better about gathering the things I need to talk to him about in one meeting place rather than just like trying to talk to him about scheduling vacations while he's grilling chicken or like while he's trying to get out the door to work out because I used to just be bugging him about things in the wrong moment. And it created conflict. And it was like he wasn't in that mind space. And that's totally fine. So this has been working really well. So the other thing, would you agree?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. That's been a
0: real discipline for me. It's hard for me. Like when I think of something I want to talk to you about, I really want to talk about it right then. But I really discipline myself to write it down and bring it to our weekly meeting or bring it to a time that it seems like a better time because... I could see how because sometimes I'll be in the middle of something and you want to talk to me about something and it is incredibly irritating. So I, I can see why this works because mm-hmm. it's getting you primed in the right brain space to be in scheduling mode right. rather than like in writing mode. Well, it also
1: saves. It's like as we're running a business, like there's a lot of fires to put out, you know, or things that come across your table on a daily basis that have to be dealt with. Like, does it have to be dealt with this second, or does it have to be dealt with? in two days you know like and i think it's the same thing with in life you take it outside of the business where it's like okay so the recycling needs to go out i see a box like i'm looking at a box right now is that something i need to be like kate take that to the recycling this second you know because in maine we have to or in the town we live in there's a big dumpster that you put all your recycling in they don't pick it up where we live so is it necessary that this has to be taken out this second No, but it's like all the boxes that need to go to recycling are by the front door. Can you drop those off when you pick up Penelope later today at four? Like that is two completely different asks and two different reactions to a situation. And the same thing that happens within our personal life, where is like what really needs to be dealt with at this moment in time and what can wait? Yeah. You know, and so it can wait for these weekly meetings that we have set aside. And then each person knows what's going on. I talked to so many of my guy friends that are just like I don't know I got to talk to my wife like they have no freaking clue what is happening in their life like I'm just like what are you like talk about turning your power out, like having no power in your situation and it's fine like it's that's I mean it's okay if it works for them like that's great if it works in their relationship but it's very challenging like when I think about that I'm like what are you like what's going on you know it's like nobody has any It's not even, it's just like so simple to have a shared Google Calendar. And maybe only one person inputs what's actually happening there. But like my buddy asked me the other day, do you want to get together? And so I was like, let me look at the calendar. And while I was on the phone with him, I just pulled up the calendar. I was like, okay, we're free. And like yesterday, I knew we, Kate and I had a call. Like I got, my buddy wanted to see our house that we're building. So I took him over there yesterday. And I was just like, okay, so like we have a call at one thirty, I can do two. Let me just verify that it's cool. You know, just be like, make sure Kate doesn't have any other plans. That's not on the calendar. And it's just touching base with her about what's going on. But it's not like I'm not calling Kate to be like, Hey, I'm going to go out with so-and-so, you know, is it okay? Like asking for her permission, you know, to be able to do stuff like that. And it's because it requires like we have shared responsibility in the situation in our life, that each of us feel in power in our decisions we're making and things we're planning and things we're doing so yeah i would just say that's the biggest thing and it's just like i've yeah it's crazy but anyway that helps with the well and with
0: the shared calendar i will just say because i've made that suggestion to people as well and they say well but then yes the shared calendar and i set it up but then nobody in my family looks at it and so that's right. I don't know what the solution is to it's, that. You have but to like,
1: retrain people. But
0: when we got like, together, honey, you never kept a calendar. I never kept so a calendar. You, what, everything did,
1: I kept track of everything in my head.
0: Yeah, which of course you didn't because
1: it did everything that needed to get done when that that was important.
0: But you had so much less.
1: Well, I had going on <laughs> than no. You I just had less. Like, it's true. It was only me. Exactly. Like there wasn't. Well, there that's wasn't, what I mean. There yeah, were yeah, just yeah, Less elements. There's not like you've kept a calendar since you were like two i think i just don't
0: understand how people don't keep calendars and haven't their entire life i'm like how the heck could you organize your life without writing it down
1: right and i never it's not i just went day by day and i still operate day by day it was funny i was at the co-working space the other day and laura sprinkle was like oh we have the team north event you know next saturday or whatever she said i was like oh cool that's great and she goes i figured you would know that i said no i honestly don't look at my next week's calendar unless i'm sitting in front of it or no i really have to visually look at my calendar to kind of know what's going on so i can tell you what's happening today but for the most part yeah i never kept a calendar for i mean i would for certain things but the reality was it was just me it was much easier to deal with instead of a company you know it was like i now i have people that are here you know responsibilities touching base with our usana team now i used to keep a calendar just for our my usana team when i would follow up with leads etc and all that stuff or scheduling training calls that i would input in the calendar but now it's like we have a lot and you do a lot more of the planning like you update as soon as stuff comes in and i i mean truthfully like a lot of that is just, I know it's going to get taken care of because you're going to put in a calendar because you're obsessed with the calendar. Also, that's so,
0: pretty common in...
1: Yeah, and so from a planning standpoint, I know that's all going to be taken care of. Like if we have events that are going to be happening, you'll input those or whatever will take place or we'll both input that. And it just helps from a scheduling perspective too because I know on like for our house days when we are putting, the, you know, before we actually move into this house and we can keep this going into the future once we actually move into the home... Where it's like Friday mornings or Wednesday mornings were the house decision times. Like these are times we would sit down to make decisions on the home that we needed to make. So like go look at countertops or stuff like that. And we can keep that schedule moving once we move in to say, okay, Friday mornings we would do anything to do with the house. You know, if we have to do house improvements or go do other decisions or talk with people. And then we have certain days that are laid out for interviews or things like that. But yeah, it was just, it's was it been an adjustment. It probably took me two, two and a half years, honestly, to come on board with the calendar. Now I keep everything in a calendar because I don't remember what I had for breakfast anymore because of having a baby. You just – your whole mind, you know, It's certain, to a certain degree, you just lose – you don't have space. Like, I don't have space in my brain for what is not important anymore. You know, like remembering what I ate for breakfast truthfully isn't that important. And now I put it into an app because I'm tracking it all. But basically, yeah, it's so it's stuff like that where – it's all retraining, you know, and that's what we have to say. It's same with, like, our new business. We're using a new project management software. What do we have to do? We have to... I want to Slack text people, like our podcast editor today, Matt, who's actually going to edit this podcast... I was like I'm not using Slack anymore. Like we stopped using this. How do I even message him, you know? And I was like, what this is? So it's just retraining my own brain how to use the systems and the functions. And I think if you're setting this up for your family, like it's the same deal. It'd be like it's on the calendar if they ask for this this and this, it's like it's on the calendar, look on the calendar.
0: Well, it's such a piece of personal responsibility Correct. and taking responsibility for your life because like <laughs> at the risk of sounding like an old lady, kids these days, like I cannot believe... And this is totally a soapbox moment. It drives me bananas to watch the way people disempower their children. That, like, I'll ask, let's say, a teenager, you know, what's your schedule this week about something? And it's like, I don't know. I have to... Like, I don't know. My parents don't tell me anything. And it is literally, like... To me, that is so disempowering to not give other people in our lives the responsibility to take care of their own needs, like as early as possible. You know, I don't, who knows, right? Of course, like this is me talking. I have a 21 month old, so, you know, we can talk when she's a teenager. But like, I don't plan to keep track of Penelope's homework assignments. Like, that's her job. I'm going to be running my business and she's going to be running her school life. And so. I don't know, just growing up, maybe it's just the kind of child I was, but growing up, my parents did not ask us what our homework was, what our schedule was. We told them, you know, these are my soccer game schedules and this is the school recital and this is that and this is that. So they put it in their calendars, but they weren't keeping track of that. And my mother was certainly not keeping track of, like, what I needed for my ballet recital and all that stuff. Like, I did that. And so that's a huge thing. It's just like a personal responsibility piece to say, you know what, I'm actually, my time is my own and I am responsible for my life and I'm not going to be disempowered and let somebody else run my schedule if I'm capable of doing it myself. It's like really a moment of stepping into your power is owning your time. So the other thing I just want to mention is that we've been talking about this idea of batching. So, you know. We do interviews on certain days. We do podcasts on certain days. We do our house meeting on certain days. And I try to batch my things I need to talk about with Mike that are sort of logistical for our Monday meetings. So batching can make your life just a lot more efficient. That's not really a marriage lesson. That's more of a business lesson, but it really helps. Okay. Then the other thing I wanted to say that connected Mike to what you were saying about taking solo trips is the importance of cultivating your own happiness. So if I didn't pursue my desire to go to booty yoga or, you know, join this West African dance company, Or, by the way, if you live in Portland, Maine, we have a performance July 13th at Mayo Street Arts Center. I'd love to see you there. The New Moon Ensemble. I'll be. It's my first and last for a while West African dance performance. Would love to have you. But, like, doing things like that, are you going to CrossFit or going to the CrossFit Games or me going to Wanderlust or I'm going to go see Katy Perry coming up with my friend Noah, like, those things are so important and in the large scheme of your life, they might seem frivolous. Like I'm like, okay, well, a Katy Perry concert is, you know, is that like a high impact activity? It's not going to make me money. No, it's not going to generate revenue, but it's a high impact activity in terms of my happiness because I'm cultivating a relationship with a friend. I'm going to get inspired by an artist that I think is really fun. You know, I might not Well, who knows? Anyway, but just like, I think those things are super important. Doing things that take care of you outside of your marriage, because I know that Mike is not responsible for my happiness. I am responsible for my happiness. And if I expect him to make me happy, I am definitely going to be disappointed. So Mm -hmm. if I'm not happy, that's my problem. That's not Mike's problem. And I need to do what I need to do to cultivate that. So that's one thing I've definitely learned in marriage is like, if I'm looking to Mike to make me happy, I'm looking in the wrong place.
1: True that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you have another one?
1: Yeah. Oh, to build up, I think another thing to build off of that is that like my happiness also isn't going to come from my children, right? Like when we have a second kid and we have more than one little rug rat running around little, little Watts running around, I see it a lot, too, where it's just like your happiness comes from your kids. You're, I mean, I've talked to so many people that their kids leave and they get kind of depressed about the whole, which I'm sure will happen with us, too, because it is a large part of your life. But there's also like we have a lot of other things that you can do in our life, which is goes build like my whole career is not going to be built around and your whole career and life. will not be built around just how our kids are feeling to take that energy right it's like a vampire when i'm not going to suck the energy from my kids just to make myself happy or other adults in our own circles basically if that makes sense so just to kind of build off that so really the only person responsible for the happiness is you and me like Mm -hmm. individually so for our own happiness instead of taking it from other people Mm -hmm. yeah because that's a big one that happens a lot so totally Okay, so I just had one with the third entity. So for us, you know, a third entity instead of just our marriage, this also goes instead of Penelope. We have, I remember your aunt and uncle told us this a long time ago about, you know, because they've been married like 40 years, over 40 years, I think, 42 years. And so what they said is they always had a third entity in their relationship that allowed them to focus on something else besides just their relationship. So for them, that was multiple adventures, you know, sports, et cetera, owning different businesses, but they like fancy. a business has always been their third entity. And I think for us, if it, right now it is our business, I don't know if that will always stay that way, but that our third entity of our relationship and our family outside of those two things would be this business that we run together and like doing a podcast and stuff like this as well. That adds to another element that we are focused on something else together. So whether that's a sporting event or weekend nights out, you know, I don't know. There's so many different could be a things. Spiritual practice could be a spiritual practice, whatever that may be for a lot of other folks, but that's, what's worked for us really, really well that we have something just besides that we can work on grow together. Cause I think with Tony Robbins talks about happiness equals progress plus growth. And that's really what that third entity for us in our business is. Cause as not only are we growing individually, but we're growing our business as our business grows or as we grow our business changes. And so I think it just affects the overall everything with our relationship. And then it goes back to really hits on that personal responsibility that you talked about before because it is the it's really inter- the conversation I had yesterday with that guy that was like 80 years old on the bus on the way home from Boston was really interesting about this whole concept about personal responsibility, etc. So it was cool to get a vision from someone else that's, you know, 40 years older than me, more than 40 years older than me. Yeah, and it's really helpful, I think, for us that we have another, like, interest.
0: Yeah, and I think that third thing can be your kids. Yeah. But then... Because So we have several third things. We have our business. We have Penelope. We have this house project has been a third thing. But to always have at least one third thing is like advice that I've gotten. And mm-hmm. I like that advice. Right. I had that down too. Next thing is really cultivating for us. Mike and I are both extroverts and cultivating community. And I don't think this only applies to extroverts, but cultivating community really has been a huge enhancement to our marriage. And that also can be a third thing. Right. But for example, we're moving into this neighborhood where one of my girlfriends from high school and her husband and her son, who is two weeks older than Penelope, and then down the street, there's another family, a sweet couple. Tucker. Tucker. (laughs) Tucker, Tucker. Tucker. There are two other sweet young couples with small children, and I'm sure there'll be some others in the neighborhood as well. And that's just one example of having... You know, having community around us so that we don't exclusively rely on each other. I think about in feng shui, when you put two mirrors across from each other, it's not good energetically because the energy just bounces back and forth between the two mirrors and it has nowhere else to go. And it's actually very chaotic and awful energetically. So just so you know, if you have two mirrors right across from each other, reflecting into each other in your house, not good feng shui. Move one of them. It's the same thing in our marriage. If it's just the two of us like bouncing back and forth, I think it gets a little stale to be honest. And so having community around, like having couple friends that we go out and having other people where we really admire their marriages and spending time with them can be so uplifting to our marriage. And I think that that's like spending time with great couples and then other people in community has been huge at least for me. Like I always, when we hang out with great couples, it's like almost like this fertilizer or enhancement or reflection of our marriage. And it amplifies what's already working with us. And it just, every time we come home, like from a double date or something, I just, I feel more in love and more connected to you, which is interesting.
1: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I agree. I second that it's like moving into this neighborhood. I already know, like this is the people we're going to be going on trips with. This is the people, you know, that we'll be spending a lot of time with. So from a community standpoint and it's really feels good. And then also from myself starting the do man shit group guys, like all of that stuff is cool. Even though it's still early on and we had to take a month off because we were moving and craziness is going on and summertime and stuff like that. But it's at least people were asking me about it. It's also kind of a test truthfully. Like I kind of did this secret test because We did it like four months in a row and I was planning everything. And then I was like, what happens if I don't do anything for a month? Like, is this something guys still want? And And it did happen. Yeah. I had a lot of people that wanted it to happen. So it did not happen. No, it did not.
0: But Nat ended up scheduling something. Remember?
1: No, they actually. Yeah. Because the one day I had to cancel because it was like we couldn't get a baby. I don't know. Something happened like the baby got sick last minute. But they ended up going and doing something, and then they asked me about doing it again the following month. So I just knew that, okay, people actually want this, which is cool. And I started it for myself, but it's cool that other guys wanted it as well. And I'm seeing a huge need of this just with the Origin community that we've created for all the ladies, that the ladies are saying, like, my guy would want something like this. You know, They've talked about this. And I can see it more and more and more now that we have these I call it, now I've, this is so ridiculous, now I've called it the living devil is actually in existence, and it's all these white Republican men that are trying to do all these crazy things in the political world. So I was like, hell actually exists on Earth, and it's with all of these decisions that are being made. It's like, I just learned, you know, this whole thing with Chris Christie shut down, the government shut down, and all the public beaches, and wouldn't let the public on it, and then him and his family are hanging out on the beach by himself. You know, this weekend, it's just like, what is wrong with you? And then the whole Trump situation. Anyway, now that I'm seeing it, it's like more and more like the world feels like there's not great dudes, you know, and I can see that. And I get a lot of comments about this at least twice, three times, four times a week that people are saying was like, I'm just grateful that there's men like you that exist because I'm just putting random stuff on Instagram, really, you know, and it's just from me being myself, which is a good person of character. And, you know, it's just like being truthful with what's going on in the world and how a lot of this other stuff has been, it's so wrong. And like the, what is taking place. And so I can see that guys like myself need a place to like, hang out with other dudes because there is so much craziness. Like, it's like you think about, yeah, anyway. So it goes back to the community piece. Lastly, I would say for what I have written down, is lastly, is that you push me to really become a better person, but not like literally pushing me. It just helps in our relationship that kind of like what I just said about these dudes in the world or these other guys in the world that are setting bad examples for everyone. You know, if I say something to you or do something that might not feel good to you that you bring it up and and be like you know what that didn't really work for me and you're not afraid to do that and it goes both ways like i'm not afraid to bring that up to you either or where it's just like you know you're not really fully in your power in this moment or something could be off where we have that open dialogue of communication to help each other become better people and that we're both acknowledging that and it's not a one-sided it's not a thing where I just do it out of the middle of nowhere. It's actually something that you and I have cultivated to create. This is okay. You know, like this is acceptable for us to do this. Or I wouldn't say do this to each other. That sounds really wrong. But it's to have these conversations. We are open for that to happen. You know, it's like asking for permission. Our friend Nisha Moodley wrote this post that really went viral that she's asking her like six-month-old or four-month-old or I don't know. Super young baby for permission to pick him up. And I was like, when I first came in, I was like, what? That's ridiculous. But then the more and more I thought about it, you know, I started asking Penelope. I was like, may I pick you up? And she'd be like, no. And I'd be like, okay. And then she would run away. And I was like, oh. So it's this, and you see it a lot with you hear about like all the, it's like your aunts will squeeze your cheeks and you hear about a lot like then you go to these family environments where there's a lot of forced emotion or physical touch is brought upon people And a lot of these where sometimes you just like don't want to be hugging people, you know, and that's okay. And I think with Penelope asking her those questions, it's the same thing with our communication between Kate and I is like if we're not open to receiving feedback, and sometimes you're not and sometimes I'm not so we just, you know, hold off until we're ready. But It's I remember one time you did a talk and I gave you feedback immediately after your talk, you know, and you were like, that's too, you know, I just got off the stage. I don't need that right now. Like, wait for it. And then now you'll just ask me to be or I'll be like, would you like feedback? And sometimes you're like, no. And I'm like, "Okay." or you're like, I'm ready for feedback. So it's creating the space for becoming a better human being, you know, and like we really want to show up in the world for truthfully, like be better in our relationship and our marriage and be a better parent or be a better spouse or business owner or partner or leader in our company or whatever that may be. And then we each do that, you know, that was a big thing for this last year. So for us to just be since really about a year ago, truthfully, you know, it was when that all started when our whole.
0: Yeah. Well, and that brings me to the next one, which is being willing to get help. Yeah. Which, you know, I said before we got married, I said one of my deal breakers was, you know, you had to be willing to go to therapy with me if things were not working or if we were having a hard time. And that was an agreement that we made. And so about a year ago, things were really hard. And I I brought it up. I was like, I think we need help. I think we need to see somebody. And I. At first, you were like no, and then I reminded <laughs> you about our agreement. And then what I love, I love what you said, which is, you know, I gave it some thought. And
1: no, the truth it, is, yeah.
0: if would you want to say we? Said- yeah,
1: because it wasn't no, because at that moment in time, I knew we could like work through it. But then what happened is the like the, I don't know, it wasn't really an argument, but like what was happening and what was bothering the both of us happened again. And I knew like, there is no, we're stuck in a cycle that we're not going to get out of unless somebody else can point it out. And that was where it triggered in my head. was like, okay, we do need a third party here. You know, and then I thought about the whole situation. I'm like, we go get help for marketing advice. We go get help writing advice, all of this other stuff. So it only makes sense to get help for our relationship periodically because we're so in it all the time. And so we know what's going on on a day-to-day basis. But having an outsider come in and just be like – and to help us understand what is the cycles that we've been stuck in is very helpful. And that also goes to like personality developments, understanding our love languages, taking all these personality assessments. And you know, it's all just learning who we are as individually ourselves, but it also allows the other person to communicate better. As well, so it's just like if physical touch, like our Facebook ad guy, he, we, in our team, we're taking all love languages, we're all these assessments, you know, and so he has, he had like zero on physical touch, and he just wrote like, "Don't touch me ever for any reason," you know. It was so funny, like how he ended up writing it in, but. It's just stuff like that. Like to know, like me, if I when I meet Alex in person, like the worst thing for me to do is go up and like give him a hug or like even a handshake. He might you know? be more of a high five. Guy. Yeah, he's like a high five guy, right? So it's just one of those things where you just learn this about each other and you know this. So that's what helps with like going to therapy or something. That's not normal for Mike Watts's like upbringing. You know, like i don't think my parents and me have ever been like we've never like therapy just wasn't a thing it was a thing i watched on tv that super wealthy people would do in all those tv shows you know funny
0: because it's so normal on the east coast right yeah (laughs) you
1: guys are all messed up over here on the east coast you know (laughs) i'm just kidding i live on the east coast now so i'm totally kidding But it's one of those things. It was like a show because like a lot of shows took place on the East Coast, you know, so it was one of those common things that took place where you would go. But like in the Midwest, maybe there was a thing, but it just wasn't a thing that I've ever heard about. Yeah, but I... I, No, I
0: mean, you said like if you wanted to get better at your Olympic weightlifting, like you would go to an Olympic weightlifting coach. If you want to get better at being married you go to somebody to help. Like it was just, it's so I loved that perspective. I thought it was really refreshing and I hadn't thought about it that way before, but for any of you listening who might be struggling with wanting to have help, but struggling from an ego perspective, I think that's such a great,
1: yeah, it's like taking a vitamin. Like truthfully, we always wait to like go to therapy or something until something's wrong. And I mean, that was kind of the situation that we had. It wasn't anything that was wrong. It was just that we had a pattern Like most of us do because we got together when we were like 30, 30 years old or something, right? Or less than that, 28, 29. So we had 28 years of life before we were actually in a relationship. And you just build up these patterns and these habits. And so we had to have someone point that out. And just getting a daily dose of that periodically, it's just like taking a vitamin every day. Like you're doing something to prevent something in the future to happen and so when it comes to the way to reframe all of this is to look at it to say hey it might be helpful to do sessions with a person to help prevent more extreme things from happening down the line or like the relationship fails because i was too stubborn or you were too stubborn to talk to somebody about it like it's stupid you know that's just it why would i end or not put it a little like An hour worth of session because the reality is, like, what's really scary about it is that you have to take personal responsibility for the own actions that you're causing this other person, right? Like, maybe the other person's crazy, or like, if I'm crazy, but the reality is, most likely, that's not the case. Most likely, there's something that has to be healed or fixed or taken care of in my own life that when I go meet with somebody that I have to deal with and that's the hard work that actually happens and just acknowledging that there's something that needs to be fixed or healed requires work and it requires change and it requires like oh okay i will stop blaming kate for all my issues you know and the reality is not that i ever did that but that's just an example so why i don't have hair it's kate's fault no it's not i'm just kidding you
0: didn't have hair before we met i know Okay, so I have two final ones. One is to enjoy the little things. So, we had a really sweet dinner our last night of London. In London, we canceled our dinner reservations and we ordered room service and stayed in and watched a movie and sat in our bathrobes in bed. And it was so nice. And we did, we went over some like sort of favorite frames from our marriage over the last year, favorite moments. And One of mine was an ongoing one, which is just like, I love it when we go drop Penelope off at daycare together, or when we go pick her up, or when we go for a family walk. And I realized, like, wow, those are some of my favorite moments of our life, and it's really small. It doesn't cost any money. It takes about 15, 20 minutes And when I look back on the last year, those are some of the sweetest moments, like us just hanging out, doing something really small. So this is super cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. Enjoy and appreciate the little moments because they are what makes up your life. And then my final thing is to plan fun and schedule it. There are always going to be... Mm -hmm urgent things that need to be taken care of like the laundry and the groceries and you know illness and all kinds of things and if we don't plan fun in it won't happen so really creating the space for that so certain things that we do we have season tickets at a local regional summer stock theater where they have you know Broadway style performances, maybe not quite Broadway level, but like really close. So we have we know four nights during the summer we're gonna go see a musical. I love musicals, and Mike loves musicals too. Maybe not quite as much as me, but pretty close. I love musicals.
1: Love I really so, booked the Adele show for the both of us, but I really booked it for myself. I know, but you know, but it
0: looked like a grand gesture.
1: It w- <laughs> no, it was like I knew you would enjoy it as I well. Knew you, so but you yeah, loved
0: it as well because yeah, it. I did. So we do things like that. Like we plan ahead. I'll look at the concerts that are coming to Maine or we'll book, you know, a movie afternoon. We'll just ask my mom, can you watch Penelope for two hours so we can go to the movies just by ourselves? So to plan in fun, because if your life it gets left alone, like, yes, sometimes spontaneous fun will happen, but it's really important to plan it out, too. So scheduling in the fun, scheduling in sex, scheduling in dinners out, scheduling in, Whatever it is, like one of my favorite things is to curl up on the couch and watch Fixer Upper. So I might say to Mike on a Monday, hey, Wednesday night, do you have plans? No. OK, after Penelope goes to bed, like, can we drink kombucha out of wine glasses and sit on the couch and watch Fixer Upper? Like, that is one of my greatest joys. <laughs> so scheduling in the things that have the most meaning to you and the things that are the most fun.
1: So I have uh, an additional ad Great. based off what you said regarding changing dinner in London and we just sat in a hotel room flexibility so like being rigid to say something has to be done this way and this is the only way to do it is so stupid i mean it's just like like we just went to london and like the way we walk kate and i have the same habits of walking into like museums and art galleries and stuff we kind of browse the situation like i'm not going to sit there and read every little thing that's happening with every artist for the whole thing and spend like 75 hours reading one thing like that's fine like if somebody wants to do that that's great but i'm also with our life like the just in in people's lives in general if we're not feeling something at that moment like we've walked out of plays we've walked out of concerts i know the last event we went to like i was ready to go halfway through and you were kind of digging it but you ended up going anyway because You were like, oh, I can sleep. So it's like value the sleep over like with the end. I just wasn't into the show. It wasn't that good. But it's like being flexible with what your plans and routines and your day-to-day, that's for us has been very, very helpful. And then just saying like, I don't have to show up at every little thing that goes on in the world. Like it doesn't matter. Like, you know, Kate's greatest joys was like what she just said is like going with Penelope to daycare. Like this morning I was working. And she's like, I'm going to go get coffee. And then I was like, well, this is one of your greatest joys. I'll just go with you. You know, it took like 20 minutes. And it's really fun. Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) It was fun. Besides, I got eaten alive by flies. I don't know what it is. If you have any tips on how to not get eaten by bugs, I am like the bugs favorite person in the world. So I would love any tips. We did find garlic this morning, but eating raw garlic is better, they say, than cooking it, which that sounds disgusting. So anyway, yeah, I think just having flexibility in life because some days you're going to be into stuff and some days you're not going to be. So it's just allowing yourself to say no to things and canceling things or being spontaneous with it as well, because that's always a big thing. Like if Kate comes and surprises me at the office or I come home early and we go out to get coffee before Penelope, whatever, you know, it's like stuff like that. So, yeah, flexibility.
0: Awesome. So there you have it. it our lessons after 3 years of marriage. We'll see what year 4 brings, but happy anniversary, honey.
1: Happy anniversary. I love you. Love you too. Thanks
0: for listening. If you like this episode, please share it. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. We love reading the reviews. We particularly love hearing the ones where you like it, but if you have constructive criticism for us, we would welcome that as well cuz we're always looking to improve.
1: Yep. I like the one that the woman said that our chemistry's off. So, we yeah. are getting it back together. Hopefully our chemistry is better on this one. <laughs> it was a pretty funny review. It's on iTunes. It was a I, it funny review. It picked me up. I liked hearing. It was it.
0: honest. Yeah, but leave us. So a thank you on for iTunes. that. If you're
1: still listening, whoever that was, thanks for that. Yeah. We're working on our chemistry. i Think we're doing pretty good. <laughs> anyway,
0: thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Cheers